0: Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's word to your everyday life. Together, we'll see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous. And today, I'm with my special guest, Carol McLeod. Carol is not only one of my heroes, she's become a friend. I hang on her every wisdom-filled word, and you will too. I'll introduce Carol in just a moment. In last week's episode, episode 10, I had the honor of hosting Ray Comfort, the founder and CEO of Living Waters and the best-selling author of more than, wait for it, 90 books including god is a wonderful plan for your life how to know god exists and the evidence bible he co-hosts the award-winning television program way of the master airing in every country in the world if you missed that make sure you go back and listen to this unforgettable interview and next week you'll get to meet cindy wilkins cindy has overcome many obstacles including infertility and a quadruple amputation During her rehabilitation, she worked hard to recapture her relationship with her children and learn to walk, swim, and dance through life again. Be sure to tune in and share this powerful episode with friends. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, reach out to me at AngelaDenadio.com, and we would love to have you. So here's the moment we've been waiting for. Let me introduce you to Carol. Carol McLeod is a best-selling, prolific author and popular speaker at women's conferences and retreats. Where she teaches the word of God with great joy and enthusiasm. Carol encourages and empowers women with passionate and practical biblical messages mixed with her own special brand of hope and humor. Her U-Version devotional, 21 Days to Beat Depression, has touched nearly one million lives around the world. She also writes a weekly blog, Joy for the Journey, that has been named in the top 50 faith blogs for women. And she served as the first woman's chaplain at Oral Roberts University. She is a wife, mother, and grandmother, and mentor to many, including me. Welcome, Carol. I am so honored and excited that you're here.
1: Oh, Angela, I couldn't wait for this moment. I couldn't wait to just have an uninterrupted conversation with you about all the things that we love.
0: Oh, thank you, Carolyn. I have had the privilege of sitting under your ministry. I heard you speak in New York, and then we were together on the Unstoppable Tour back in Buffalo. But for anyone who might not be, you know, familiar with you and your ministry, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a christmas aholic. I am. So tell us anything that you want us to know as we're kind of getting to know you today. Oh, well, Angela... I have loved being a mom. Let
1: me start out by saying that. Um, I always say if I had a thousand lives to live, motherhood would have them all. Uh, Craig and I have five children on earth and five children in heaven. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Um, But every day of motherhood has been very significant to me as a woman. And then, Angela, my kids grew up and left me. The nerve of those kids. I know that feeling. (laughs) I know, right? You do. You're you're younger in it than I am, but you're feeling the same pain. But the the joy of it all is now they've given me the seven wonders of the world. I call my grandchildren, and I am Marmy to the most amazing little people you've ever met. So that's just brought a fresh joy to my life. But I love teaching the word of God. That is my heart. It's my passion. Honestly, Angela, I would rather teach the word then eat chocolate or drink coffee or breathe most days. Wow. Um, I just know that anything eternal that I'm going to leave in, in this legacy is going to come from the word of God. So that's really my passion. I always say the reason I get up in the morning is to teach the word another day. Um, so, so that, that's me in a nutshell. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Love being a wife to a great man of God um, who's currently in India um, making hell smaller and heaven bigger.
0: Wow. Um, Thank you, Jesus.
1: I, I love um, teaching the word of God, whether it's um, in, by preaching or by writing, podcasting, I, blogging. I do it all. But the reason I do it is to glorify the Lord.
0: I love that, Carolyn. I think, well, I know that we're really cut out of the same cloth and that our heart really beats to to see women, especially women, but all all people, but women grounded in the word instead of the narrative of the world. And I feel like you, I just want that to kind of be my life's mission and, and to help as many women as possible to really see their worth in the word. And I'm wondering a couple of things you said, did you always want to be a mom? And did you choose Marmee because of little women or was that random?
1: No, my kids chose Marmee for me. Okay. Okay. When, when um, my daughter-in-law was going to have first grandchild, they had a family meeting and they chose Marmee, but they knew I loved little women. Sure. So one of my favorite books of all time. So yes, I am Marmee. Um, and did I always want to be a mom? No, I did not, Angela. I, I wanted to be single and serve Jesus. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have wanted to serve Jesus since I was a little tiny girl. But, Angela, back then, serving Jesus meant, for a woman, meant teaching Sunday school or chairing the annual turkey dinner. And I didn't want to do those things. I wanted to serve Jesus um, with every fiber in my body. And so then when I went to college, um, it was during the early to mid seventies when, you know, women were, um, astronauts and Jane Polly was on the Today Show and Diane Sawyer was working in the White House. And, and I thought, you know what, women can do more than turkey dinners. Um, and, and so I began to dream with the Holy Spirit. And honestly, Angela, I've always known I'm a communicator, and I've always wanted to communicate the truth of Scripture. Um, this is a long answer to your question, did I always want to be a mom? I wanted to serve Jesus. Mm. And then I said. Fell head over heels in love with the man of my dreams, and I thought, well, you don't have to be single to serve Jesus. You can be married and serve. Um, And so I thought we would just serve him together, and that that's what our lives would look like. But I got pregnant after we had been married about three and a half years, and nearly lost the baby. And I had to fight for that little life. Um, I was bedridden for many many months. And all of a sudden, my heart turned toward home, Angela. And I spent um, the next really 30 years of my life homeschooling my kids, involved in their activities, cooking healthy meals, playing endless games of Monopoly, um, baking birthday cakes, hanging up Christmas stockings, dyeing Easter eggs. And I loved every minute of it. And um And so the Lord turned my heart toward home. But now in this new season of life, I am rediscovering myself. Um, I wouldn't say reinventing myself, Angela. I'm just um, churning up. I'm, I'm cultivating some of those girlhood dreams. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 or 15 years is writing books. Oh, I love to write books. Studying scripture. Oh, I love digging for gold in the word of God and communicating those truths to the women of my generation.
0: And to every generation I might add, and can I just pause there for a second? So I bet you do not have any regrets about, and some women who might be listening to that think, well, she, she hit a 30, you know, she pushed pause for 30 years, but I wouldn't say you would say that in a heartbeat. I would say, you, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you were, Living exactly the life you were called to live, and now you're in a new season of what God is calling you to. Is that, is that how you would define that? Absolutely, Angela. I have
1: so few regrets as I look back at my life. Can you believe I turned 65 years old this year? Wow. Like, it doesn't seem possible. I, I feel like I'm 35. When people t- say to me, Well, what did you do during those, those years of hands on mothering to prepare for today? And I say, Well, I read the Bible. Is is what I did. I, I I studied the word. I I read books written by other great men and women of my generation and other generations. I I um, studied wordsmiths and and discovered what it meant to communicate really well. So even though my focus was my family, those were years of um, grand preparation for me. And so for the moms who are listening today, listen, wipe those noses, make those grilled cheese sandwiches, rock and sing and pat all night long and do it with joy. And you will lay a solid foundation for all that is yet to be uncovered for you
0: in the kingdom of God. Mm, I love that. That's such great counsel and wisdom for us. But don't you think sometimes, I think as women, And society can kind of feed us this false narrative that, you know, your best years are behind you, or you know, everyone kind of ran past you in those years. I did the same. I raised two kids. I, you know, was I I am still a pastor's wife, but very involved in my church ministry. And I did not write. I wrote CDs before that, but my first Bible study was not until I was fifty. So it's just like you're saying; those are still preparatory years. And and you know, God can kind of Speed up the process he can do more in a month if it's on his timetable than if we had spent ten years trying to do it in the wrong timetable
1: okay so I have so much to say based on what you just said <laughs> I hope I can remember it all but you know there's that scripture i I think it's in Peter that says to the Lord a year is a, is a thou- no a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day and Honestly, Angela, that's one of those scriptures that I would say, Oh, yeah, I'll never know what that means. And I just rush on by it. And one time when I was reading the Holy Spirit, it said, like, Carol, pause. I, I, want, I want you to meditate on that scripture. And, and so I did. I just lingered over it. And, and as I always say, I went digging for gold in it. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me, Carol, when God is in it, He can give you a thousand years of impact in one 24 hour period that the lord can take you know the bible also says that our latter will be greater than our former so let me tell you one more thing about these empty nest years when my youngest left me to go to college i had been a mom for um 32 years at that point because our children are very spread out and i said to the lord lord is it all over like the most significant thing I'm ever going to do, it's all over now, isn't it? And he said, yeah, it's the most significant thing I called you to do. Yup, you're closing the door. He said, but it's not over. <laughs> he said, because your, your latter will be better than your former. And I've created you for incredible exploits, even in this new season of your life. So I loved being a mom. I wish I could do it all over again, but I can't so i am all in to this season in life
0: what would be your counsel carol for women who because you gave some great nuggets and i know you have some wonderful books on motherhood if there's some young moms that are in those early years but as you're walking or have walked this transition what is one of the the best pieces of counsel you could give to a woman who who needs to to maybe be okay with embracing that new season. It is hard. You almost have to grieve what you no longer have, but it's a big adjustment. Do you have a a piece or a couple pieces of advice or wisdom you would give to someone kind of walking through where you've recently been?
1: Yeah, I would give her two words of advice, Angela. I would say fall in love with your husband again um, recommit yourself to your husband. You know, Craig and I even had a, a a recommitment ceremony to each other after our kids were gone because marriage is different now. And it's every bit as wonderful as the honeymoon years. And so the first thing I would say to her is fall in love with your husband again, recommit yourself to your marriage. And the second thing I would say to a woman who is um, waving goodbye with tears running down her cheeks to those little people who are now big people, I would say to her, so let's talk about who you wanted to be when you grew up. Did, did you want to be a teacher? Did, did, did you want to be a librarian? Did you want to write books? Um, what, did you want to be an interior decorator? When you were a little girl, who did you want to be? Well, it's not too late to be that person. You know, um, Angela, one of my heroines has always been Corey Tenboom. Um, I actually got to meet her several times during my oh, wow. year, womanhood years. Yeah, that, that's I would try to
0: contain how jealous I just got at that moment.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay, well then since you're jealous, I'm gonna tell you a great story about Corey. Mm. So she came to the university, to O R U, to the university I, I was at. I was a senior in college, sitting on the front row. And Corey was our speaker that day in chapel and the campus chaplain brother, Bob Stamps turned to me and said, Carol, go to my office and get Corey's coat and meet me in the back hallway because we've got to rush her out of here as soon as chapel's over. So I quietly walked out of the chapel service, went into his office. Angela, I picked up Corey's coat. I'm going to cry. I picked up Corey's coat, and it was this um gray matted wool coat. It looked like she'd had it since World War II. Mm. And I picked it up, and I was walking down the side hallway, and the Holy Spirit said to me, stop. And so I stopped in, in that silent hallway, and the Holy Spirit said, Carol, put Corey's coat on. Oh, Angela, I put on her coat and I asked the Lord for a double portion. I asked the Lord for a double portion of Corey's anointing. Now today I wouldn't be brave enough to do that. But when I was 22, I was brave enough to do that.
0: <laughs> 22. That's when you, that's how old you were when this happened to you.
1: And I took her coat off and I went and I met brother Bob in the back room and gave him the coat. And then that was that. Um, but you know, Corey didn't really, she was hidden. She taught special needs children. She was a clockmaker's daughter and she was in a concentration camp until she was about 65 years old. And so her her public ministry didn't even begin till she was 65. So, you know, I'm good with these years. I'm good with the Lord really using me in these years of my life. Hey, if it was good enough for Corey, it's good enough for Carol.
0: It's good enough for us, right? (laughs) But you do, you hit on something that I do think we at times mistake preparation for feeling hidden. Yeah. You know, and there are... There are times and seasons that God does hide us. It's all over the Bible, you know, where there's biblical seasons of preparation. But if we don't put the right frame around that, it can feel very isolating or maybe that God, our, our purpose is not being fulfilled. And I hear this a lot with these young moms. Like you said, blow the noses, eat the grilled, you know, make the grilled cheeses. But to realize, you know, there is so much. Purpose, even in the seasons of of hiding, that if you're hidden, it's for it's for a God given intention that you may not understand then, but later, what He does in those hidden seasons is is so powerful. Once the public ministry or whatever God calls you to after that time of hiding, and I'm sure you talked, you're like I have so many young moms who feel, wow, I just feel hidden in this season, you know. I,
1: I talk to young moms who feel the same way too, but you and I would look back and say, those were among the happiest days of my life. When, when I was reading Pat the Bunny and playing with Legos and, and painting little girl fingernails. You know, if, Angela, if I were to speak to 10,000 people tomorrow, that would not surpass the years that I was discipling my children. You know, Moses was hidden in the backside of a desert. Mary walked the dusty streets of Bethlehem. Peter threw nets over the side of a boat, too many years to count. And yet God still used them significantly, and their legacy lives on today.
0: And I pray that he'll do the same for me. And I know your most recent book is called Significant, and I want to talk about that in just a minute, but I want to back up if we can, because I know... In those years that you were raising your children, you mentioned five that are in heaven. Yes, I don't know if you want to talk about that just a moment. I know you had some struggles with infertility, depression. and you've talked and written a lot about depression, and even you're a cancer thriver and survivor as well. So, you know, you've you've overcome challenges. It's not like you're saying everything has always been roses, but you've your your stability through everything. I know was the word of God, but Do you want to speak about one of those challenges or one or more that that you kind of walk through in life? Craig and
1: I had these two great little boys, and as you know, I loved being a mom. I loved everything about it. I loved stubbing my toe on matchbox cars. I loved the peanut butter and jelly fingerprints on every window in the house. And we wanted to to enlarge our family, and so I got pregnant and I lost the first baby at twelve weeks, which, as you know, is not uncommon. That's right at the end of the first trimester. Um, but I was young and the doctor said, you know, well, you can get pregnant again. I lost the second baby at 15 weeks and I lost the third baby at 16 weeks. Um, and after the third one really rocked my boat, Angela, I remember driving home from the hospital. And I said to my husband, I said, I know God is not causing this, but he certainly has my attention. And I want to learn everything I'm supposed to learn through this very difficult situation. And we got pregnant again, and I lost the fourth baby at about 20 weeks, which, as you know, is halfway through the pregnancy. And then the fifth baby at 16 weeks. And Angela, my world was rocked. I... my hormones, of course, as you can imagine, were just raging. My arms were empty. My heart was broken. And the black hole of depression was calling my name loudly. And during those days, because that was really about almost a seven-year process of of losing babies, um, um, I developed an addiction. The addiction that I developed was not to alcohol. It was not to over-the-counter meds but it was to the Bible and Angela, the Bible delivered me from that dark spot before my circumstances ever changed. So for the women who are listening today, listen, if you are depressed, I understand you. I, I do. I, I am not um, Pollyanna with the Bible. That is not who I am, but I am a woman who has gone through devastating days of life And I've come out on the other side stronger. And so, if you are depressed, go see your medical doctor. Do whatever he or she tells you to do. If you are depressed, find a Christian counselor and allow them to help you with the layers of your pain. But in addition to those two things, do not ever forget the power of your faith to lead you to his presence where there is always fullness of joy. Um, It's really a three-pronged attack when it comes to depression. Um, After losing five babies, Angela, then I couldn't get pregnant anymore. I stopped ovulating, and I was on high doses of fertility drugs to get pregnant. And the, the months were going by, and the calendar years were turning. And I'll never forget, it was the week between Christmas and New Year's in 1987. And Matt and Chris were now big boys and they were outside playing. And I was watching Christian TV. This is one reason why I love Christian media so much, because I know it can change somebody's life. Um, And there was a pastor and his wife on closing their TV program. And the woman said, there is a pastor's wife out there. And I thought to myself, yeah, there are a lot of us. And she said, you have suffered repeated miscarriages. And Angela, I looked at the TV screen, and she said, you are pregnant now. And I said, I am. And she said, walk in faith, not in fear, because this one's going to stick. And eight and a half months later, I gave birth to Jordan (laughs) McLeod. And then, because I'm selfish, I wanted another baby.
0: <laughs> You're not selfish. That's wonderful.
1: <laughs> and I went back on fertility drugs. And after about seven or eight months, Dr. Granger said to me, Carol, we're done. What mm-hmm. we have put your body through over the last decade, no. We're, he said, go home and raise your, your boys for God because he was a believer. And, Angel, the next month I got pregnant mm-hmm. on my own. No fertility drugs. And we named her Joy, because that's what you name a little girl after three boys. And then three and a half years later, I got the flu that wouldn't go away. (laughs) And uh, her name is Joni Rebecca. Her
0: name, the flu. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, but it's interesting because infertility led to depression. And then five years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I didn't know it when I was diagnosed, but I've recently found out that the cancer that invaded my body was because of the fertility drugs. Um, And and so all of those battles that I faced are really interwoven in my life. But I want to say something about battles, Angela, if we have time. uh, Listen, if you're in a battle today, it's not to subtract from your life. It's to add to your life. Your battle is not supposed to be your weakest moment. Your battle should be your finest hour, because when you fight God's way, you know you're going to win, because he always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. We know that we're more than conquerors. But listen, I think about the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, where The nation of Judah should have been wiped off the map. They should have been obliterated. The enemy troops were coming at them from all sides. And I have a feeling somebody listening today feels that way. But because Judah fought God's way, because they fasted, because they prayed, and because they worshiped, they spent three days picking up the spoil. So the purpose of a battle in a believer's life is not to destroy you, but it's to give you gifts that you never would have had otherwise. When I battled um, infertility, I was given the gift of faith because now I can pray for people to be healed in Jesus' name. When I battled depression, I was given the gift of joy that was not dependent on my circumstances when I battled cancer and lived to tell the story, I was given the gift of brave. Angela, I used to be a wimp, but now I, I, I'm courageous. Mm-hmm. God has given me a, an uncommon courage that most women don't have. So if you're in a battle today, sister, worship the Lord fast, pray, and see what gifts God will give to you.
0: Wow, and what a different frame that is, Carol, to put around a battle or a trial is it's not here to destroy us, it's not here to be my destruction, but it's to give me gifts that I might not otherwise have. I remember sharing my my testimony, which I've already shared on the podcast. I don't want to belabor it here, but of having nearly died from some health complications. And I finished that evening in and, and the gentleman that had run the sound was giving me some some of my materials back. And he said, you know, you've, you've seen sides of God's character that I have only read about. Mm. And I I really had to stop and just kind of ponder that because you don't think of it necessarily as a gift when you're going through it. But if you will allow God to put that perspective on it, you are going to see things and like you said, experience a depth of of and i 'm going to include those th- those that last paragraph you just said in my show notes. It was so powerful about the different gifts you received from infertility from depression from cancer, which a different frame could see each one of those things as being a, a weapon you just can 't hardly move past, but instead you thought each one of these has given me a gift I might not have otherwise have had. And I feel like that might be a natural segue here because I know your most recent book was significant. And you mentioned to me, you feel like it maybe it was the book you were born to write. I know you'll write more, but is there some of this in there or, or what is the main culmination of that book and why, why is the message of it so important to you? Yeah,
1: Angela, what I did was I did research with secular sources. I looked at Harvard Studies And AMA reports, I read the Huffington Post for months, uh, Barna, which is a more conservative um, group, because I wanted to discover what are the main challenges that women of the 21st century face. And I wanted to address those issues from a biblical perspective. And I discovered everybody agrees on the big four. The, The big four challenges that women face today are identity, that's who am I, purpose, that's why am I, um, stress, and loneliness. You know, some of the loneliest people I know are young moms whose days are filled with little people. Um, But those are the big four for women at our moment in history and so significant is a biblical response to those challenges and i loved writing it it's really my gift angela to the next generation um you know when when i think about elizabeth Elliot and how i never met her but her influence on my life is profound and lasting that's what I want this book to be for the next generation. I'm significant, becoming a woman of unique purpose, of true identity, and of irrepressible hope. And I'll I'll just give you one little nugget from the book. So, identity. Who am I? You know, we have allowed our culture to name us. I'm too fat. I'm not educated enough. I'm single. I had three abortions, I've been divorced, and, and we have allowed our culture to give us names. But but Angela, my husband Craig and I have five kids, and I didn't let my doctor name them, I didn't let my mom name them, and I didn't let my neighbor mail them. The only people who had naming rights who could write it on their birth certificate were the people who created them. And the only one who has the authority to name you, is the one who created you. So stop taking your identity from the culture and begin taking your identity from your creator because he is the one who's written who you are on your birth certificate.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. And I had the privilege of endorsing significant and you endorsed and you endorsed Fearless. I did. Which was my second Bible study. I'm I'm trailing behind you, but I'll catch up one of these days. Oh but, yeah. well, but I mean, you're you're just um you you've blazed a trail that some of us as women are following, and it's an honor to follow in your footsteps. And we share that similar kind of concept of the world is trying to name us. The world is defining us. The world has a narrative, and yet the word has a narrative. And I love that, that you know, the only one that has the right to name us and to really, really give us an imprint of our identity is our creator. And if, if women will truly, truly know their worth in Christ and tether their worth to who he says we are, rather than all of these things that can be gone in a moment, you know, then then our stability is so much stronger. And I'm going to have you pray over our listeners in just a minute, Carol. And I, I could talk to you all night. I absolutely love, like I said earlier, listening and hanging on your every word. But, you know, I know you mentioned a miracle that you experienced. And that was that television program where that, I think it was a pastor's wife, you mentioned just, you know, miraculously kind of spoke to you and spoke faith into that moment. Have there been a couple of other times in your life, or even one that you would say, listen, in the middle of our messy moments, when it's infertility and it's depression and it's hidden years and, and just all the things that we've talked about, how can we continue to look for and find these hidden moments that sometimes are really miracles in the mess? Oh, I, I love
1: that question, Angela. Um, and of course, I could answer it several different ways. But I'm thinking of your listeners right now. And, and, and I want to answer it in a way that's going to um, empower them the most. And so, yes, Angela, I have had miracles in my life. The fact that I'm, I'm not depressed is a miracle. Angela. Angela. The fact that I lived through aggressive breast cancer just past my five-year mark is is a bona fide miracle. My doctors couldn't believe it. When I was two years out, they said to me, all the other women who were diagnosed the same time you were are no longer our patients. I said, what do you mean? And they said to me, they all died. You're the only one who lived. What? And so, Angela, those are all miracles. Mm. But if I could just tell you the greatest miracle of all, it's ringing the joy out of an ordinary day. It's, it's when you wake up in the morning saying, Father, if this is the last day I take a breath, I am all in. Would, would you give me divine appointments? Would you open windows of opportunity? Father, would you send a hurting, broken person My way today. Lord, would you speak to me from the pages of scripture? Lord, would you hear me when I pray? Father, when I worship you today, would you inhabit my praises? Angela, those are the greatest miracles of all. They're found in an ordinary life that's given over to an extraordinary God. So never forget the fact that when you give 24 hours to God he can give you a thousand years of impact of power of love and of joy
0: in that one day to me that's the greatest miracle wow it truly is wow that's just... thank you thank you thank you carol and i know if if some of our listeners do not have your books. I know they can find them anywhere, but they can find you at Carol I'll make sure to put that in my show notes. And I know you have another book coming out later this year, right? Vibrant is coming out in the fall of 2020. That's right. And oh. it's
1: really it's what I just said. It's wringing the joy out of life. It's 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 not allowing the joy that you're experiencing to be dependent upon your life circumstances. That's right. That's um, right. So I'm so excited about Vibrant. It's it's really a challenge to live enthusiastically for the kingdom.
0: And it's a choice, right? I know you'll talk oh, about that. It's a yes. choice that we have to make and we get to make. We get to make this, mm. these choices. Even when life is messy, God is faithful. You know, our, our circumstances are unpredictable but God is not unpredictable and his character is unwavering. And I know that no matter what we go through, when we choose to, like you said, discover the miracle of who God is, just being able to, to dig for that gold, like you talk about in his word, that's a miracle. He's given us his word. He is our miracle in our life. So thank you for what you shared. It's just, listen, guys, if you have not read any of Carol's books or heard her, she has her own podcast, so many places you can find her. I'm telling you, you have barely skimmed the surface of this Encyclopedia Britannica that is Carol McLeod. So you, now you have to go get every volume. Remember the old days when they would like come to your door with the encyclopedia? That's what I feel like. I feel like I turned two pages and I want like the rest of the encyclopedia. But I, I you know I absolutely have hold you in the utmost esteem. I, I adore you. I think you're just an amazing um an amazing gift like you said a minute ago to to the moment we're in in this generation this is the moment we get to live in and this is one of the means we have to be able to convey the the truth and the hope of who jesus is in our in our everyday lives so thank you for just running alongside of me and so many other women um, and men that listen to this podcast that, that are just carrying the message of who Jesus is. And is there anything else that you would like to say before we kind of close our time? I'm going to invite you to pray over our listeners in just a moment.
1: Yeah, I just really want to read a scripture and then I'll pray. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So I just really felt glad to read um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Think about that for a minute, Angela. He's the God of all comfort. There's no comfort in chocolate. There is no comfort in Netflix. There is no comfort in Hawaii. He is the God of all comfort. Any comfort that you need in life can be found in a relationship with him. And then verse four says, who comforts us in all of our affliction, So that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There is a world out there who needs comfort. There is a world out there who needs hope and joy. And my friend, you got the job. No matter what you've been through today, no matter what you're facing, run toward the Father not away from him, because he wants to use you in his kingdom purposes. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, we are so honored to live in a country where we get to talk about you and have it broadcast. And Father, so we do thank you for those so often unnoticed blessings. But Father, now I come to you on behalf of the listeners of this podcast. Father, would you comfort? Would you restore? Father, would you captivate the hearts of those who are listening? Father, right now in Jesus' name, I break off bitterness. I I break off um, anger and pain and discontentment. So, Father, by the power of the blood of Jesus, I loose a spirit of joy and gladness and rejoicing. Father, it is no small thing to desire to be used by you. But Father, use us. Open doors. And I bless Angela this day in Jesus' name. Father, would you use her for your kingdom? In your name I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio Bov and Instagram at Angela Donatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.